Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Joshua, and welcome to a conversation with Joshua T. Berglund. Today, we are featuring Bracca Getz. She has published over 41 books and graduated from Harvard. She lives in Israel, speaks Hebrew, just an overall just awesome person. Was so pleasantly surprised by this broadcast. I, I thought going into it, like, oh, she writes children's books. This will be neat. Maybe I can give some books to my kids. <laughs> Oh, wow. This interview, conversation, whatever you want to call it, I guess it is a conversation with Joshua T. Berglund, is heartwarming, it's inspiring, and look, if you've ever dealt with abuse yourself as an adult, you know how difficult it was to heal, if you've even healed yet. You know how challenging the process is if you've started the process. It's not easy. And what I learned today was that some of her books, they cover the subject of abuse. And I can't tell you enough. This interview is a must watch if you have children, if you have teenagers, or even if you're just a grown baby like me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. This is one for the whole family. It's awesome. It's inspiring. There's nothing. The subject matter here is really welcome for all audiences. In fact, I would encourage all audiences to watch this. And also, more importantly, go check out her books. This interview is special, and I pray that you enjoy it. Thank you for being here. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited to welcome Rocca Getz to a conversation with Joshua T. I got to tell you, 41 children's books and not just any fluff children's books you created books that feed the mind the soul and the heart of our youth and for that i am forever grateful and i don't even know you yet but that said can you please tell us what you're grateful for today and why okay i'm really i'm grateful for everything i'm grateful for all the difficult things that have happened in my life I'm grateful for the obviously good things and the not obviously good things, which I finally come to see. It's all, all for the ultimate good. I like that. I love that. That is, I was going, man, she's going to give me some generic gratitude answer. And then you snuck some awesome in. I love that. <laughs> I, cause I was going, I expect more from you. <laughs> you, you just surprised me. I love that. That is such a good answer. You're, I used to host my very first talk show, well, not my very first, but one of the first ones that I was doing and I did for a couple seasons was a show called Gratitude Unfiltered. And the whole premise of it was finding gratitude in life's most traumatic moments. And I got to this place where I found myself being grateful for having HIV and grateful for going to jail six times and grateful for overdosing and all of these the horrors that I did in my past. Like I found a place that I could be grateful for. I was grateful for my trauma because of how I get to use it now and the freedom that I have now. Because of that, every day is genuinely a gift. So I really love that answer. Now, I want to ask you, what? how did 41, it's hard enough to write one book. It took me 10 years to write one book. And so you have 41. Like, what's the thought process for you going into your very first book? What were you thinking? Did you know you were going to write 41 books? Oh, my gosh, no. I, I was sitting outside this very small village that we created here in Israel. And 
My children were playing outside. They were really little. So I had a chance. I took a notebook. I started scribbling. I wrote a story. I put it in an envelope. I hand wrote it. No computer. Hand wrote it. Mailed it to America. And six weeks later, I got back an answer that the book was accepted. I'm like, whoa, this is how you write children's books. I can't believe it. I'm so excited. So that's how it began way back in prehistoric times. And now, of course, I'm writing books for my grandchildren. It's, it's been going on for years. So the, these, all these over 40 books didn't happen all at once. It happened over time. But they're, they're, most of them are really short. So it's not a lot of words. It's just I like to get to the essence, really deep stuff, get it as simple as possible. And that's how I like write really short books. And honestly, it comes like when I wake up in the morning, it's like rain pouring down. I keep a pad by my bed and I'm scribbling, trying to get it all in, you know, what I'm being sent, the messages that need to get out in the world. I love that. Now, wait a second. You said you're in Israel? Yeah. Oh, wow. I I actually did not know that. I didn't connect that in my brain. So what part of Israel are you? Like 40 minutes from Jerusalem. Okay. I'm just out of curiosity and forgive my ignorance because I don't believe anything the news says in America. So what is it like there? What's the temperature? What is it like? Can you, can you just give us an overall feel for us in America or other parts of the world that may have no clue? This is the spiritual vortex of the world. If you want to experience spirituality intensely, this is the place. It's obvious. It's the center of how many world religions. It's This is major, this place. So it changed. My life changed when I got here. I came here... Let's see, when I was 22, I had just finished, me- no, my first year of medical school, I had finished, I graduated from Harvard, I finished my first year of medical school, and I came here for a six-week break, came back to America 10 years later, basically. I took a huge detour in life. I found the spiritual nourishment that I was searching for here, and I didn't want to leave. I ended up going back after 10 years, but that's with a husband and five children, so it was, like, different. Yeah. And and I we lived in America for a whole number of years, and now my husband and I are returning back to where we first got married, where we first met each other. And we're on our new honeymoon of life here. Yeah. Oh, and what's the temperature like? It's spring-like. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask you, I have a prayer on the prayer wall someone took for me. And that's a prayer that has all my dreams on it. And so it's pretty, that was a special moment for me with my friend. I have a Jewish friend that volunteered to do that for me. And it's just, I don't know. It's so neat. I, I'm fascinated with that area, the history, and even all the cultures. I grew up in the Christian home and followed Jesus. And of course, I didn't always my whole life, but that's what my life turned into. And But I've had this love and respect for our people of all cultures and faiths because I don't think anyone has it exactly right. I think we're all searching for truth. And I think that it's appropriate that we love each other where we're at, no matter where we're at, even if we're evil. I think we should love each other because fighting over our religions and our beliefs is not really going to get us anywhere. 
So I've always been fascinated with that area. I cannot wait to go there. Now, is it true that culturally, for the most part, other than the reports you hear of the bombs and stuff like that, for the most part, everyone really gets along there. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. That it's not the way it's depicted in the news at all. And most Arabs and Jews want to get along. Yeah. It's, and it's good for the economy, too, just not even spiritually. It's the rare people that are causing, doing violence. It's not most people at all. It's honestly, it's the funniest thing. This is one of the safest pe places to travel to, but people would never guess that from the news. Have, yeah. You, the, you, my goodness. Yeah, that's, that's hard for me to even comprehend because now I avoid the news as much as possible, but nowadays it's on every device imaginable. So it's impossible to really avoid it, but it seems like everything is always negative coming out of that area, but it's just hard for me to believe that. I know. Anyway. I just saw, I saw that report recently and I was astounded myself because of all the news reports that this is one of the safest places in the world to travel to. Wow. Because, but what's so interesting about it is it's so tiny. It's smaller than New Jersey. And it gets so many headlines. It's so much in the news. And again, that's because it's spiritually such a hot place. It is, it's an amazing place. So it's always out there very to a very unusual amount. That yeah. gave me chills. I don't even know why. I just did. I'm familiar also with Israel being the hub for, if you want to read a legitimate studies on anything, go to Israel. They, the lasers, the computer technology, like it, if you're in medical aesthetics, most of the technology you use comes from Israel. Like there, that is, if you want to learn about cannabis and like the true science behind it, go to Israel, look at their studies. Like they're so far ahead of the game and everything. And it's amazing that you say this. I didn't realize it was that small, like smaller than New Jersey. It is amazing what comes out of there that's so stinking powerful and the only thing that really makes logical sense is that it's also the most spiritual place on the planet so that's wow it. wow that's it, it's the only thing that explains why the jewish people are still around too there's no it makes no sense that we have this little state surrounded by countries that don't want us to be here it makes no logical sense whatsoever that we still exist, even as a people, after all we've been through. It, there's a spiritual reason like you got hit on. There's no other good explanation. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that makes sense. So you write positive, uplifting stories for kids. We live in a world right now that there is a lot of negativity, obviously disinformation and so forth, but there is still a lot of negativity that we see. When someone's trying to be a positive light in this world, they set themselves up for attacks. Is it the same way? Because you're catering to kids. It's not like you're trying to, obviously, I mean, it has an effect on adults, but your target audience isn't adults, where a lot of the negative stuff comes from. Since you cater and write books for the, is your, is the feedback you get, do you get a lot of resistance for what you're doing or is it pretty much welcome with open arms? Great question. Okay. First of all, this, I got to tell you this really important secret. Okay. When you write for little children, 
Every single age reads those books because the parents are reading it to the children. The grandparents are reading it to the children. Oh, yeah. The little children are getting the messages. And even the teenagers, when they see the books laying around, they read them when no one's looking. So every single person, every age level, it's the only kind of book that you can reach your message to everybody, everybody universally with a children's book. This is something I didn't know and I learned. And it was awesome. So you write for every level. When you're writing, I write for the youngest children. And I also write it so that it's a delight for the older people to keep reading it. Because children want to hear the stories over and over. That's true. And it could be understood on, a lot of my books can be understood on many levels. Some of them are very basic, not. But with others, it's like a joy for all different age levels to read them and to absorb the important messages. And I want to say this, I don't just write two of my books, the most popular book of all, it's in almost 150,000 homes now, is about the prevention of abuse. Any type of abuse or sexual, physical, verbal? Yes. So it's focusing, it's funny, this is the funniest part. When I first wrote this book, I had to stick the sexual abuse aspect right in the middle, and it's filled with all kinds of normative safety measures. It's called Let's Stay Safe. And there in the middle pages is the part about the prevention of sexual abuse and what to do if a child has been sexually abused. And this is the only book without my name on it because the publishers were so afraid to publish it at the time. They said, no, We're taking your name off the book. I didn't even agree. It's incredible. But they said there's going to be so much backlash to this book. We're taking it off. So this is my only book. Actually, the most popular book doesn't even have my name on it. But it's affected so many people and it's changed lives. It's saved lives. That's And what all my books have in common is I say they all help children's souls to shine from sexual abuse. This is what keeps a soul from shining. I don't veer away from any topic. Whatever can help a child's soul to shine, that's what I want to put in these books. Yeah. All right. The book I told you I wrote is called The Devil Inside Me. Not exactly child appropriate. However, it was born from sexual, physical, verbal trauma and abuse, being molested by men and women physical abuse from my father, and so on. And then, of course, it got worse because the self-inflicted abuse was worse than the abuse that I saw. And I remember when this happened the first time for me. Like, I was scared. I didn't know. And, of course, I think that it sounds strange to say, maybe, that I believe I attracted this into my life for it to happen because I believe that my sexuality was already geared towards men and women. I don't, again, I don't know for sure. I can just remember certain thoughts and feelings and all that before this happened. But nonetheless, I was terrified and then terrified to say anything. And so my way of asking for help was acting out, anger, rage, violence, which is awkward for a young kid, but eventually caused enough trouble that I got sent to the guidance counselor and I told her what had happened and I was confused. And she told me that it was normal for little boys to experience that. 
And, uh, and mind you, my first molestation was two guys that were just older. It wasn't like they were adults, but they were old enough to penetrate me and so forth. That really screwed up my head because I had nowhere to go and I was confused. And I grew up in a religious home hearing that gay people were an abomination and all that stuff. So it really caused me a lot of trauma, I guess is the right word. And so there was no resources for me. And so I lived this life that was pretty reckless. And I turned my life around about seven years ago, but still it's like, it changed me forever. And I'm curious to know that with books like yours, of course, there, again, there was no resources like that I knew of then. What is it? How is it helping with the healing process? Is it, is it people, are children finding this book after they've been molested and are they seeing some kind of relief or is it just about prevention? Can you speak to what I just talked about? I don't really have a question, but can you expand upon what I just said at all? Yes. And my second book on this subject is talking about personal privacy, which just specifically focuses on that. And this one has my name on it. By the time the second book came out, there was no stigma. Things had changed in the intervening years. I didn't teach my own children about this. We didn't know it back then that this is what sure. you have to teach children. And so the confusion is the main thing that children get, such confusion and blaming themselves, feeling like you said, the evil inside of them when the sure it's not their fault. And it's very common for the first experiences to be from teenagers. Teenagers molesting younger children is a very common scenario because they're exploring their own sexuality and trying it out with younger children. And this is, and of course, the other thing is familial that it's so common within families. And all of this is what children need to know. It changes everything. Like, you know, bringing things out into the sunlight is what changes. It's what we, it's what no one knows. It's what we don't tell anybody right. really brings us down. And so, yes, the more we can shine light on this, the better for all children, whether it helps the prevention of abuse or whether they have been abused and it helps them to heal exactly both those things. Yeah, there's something about, I've learned this from being, I mean, that around that age is where I learned to lie because I was keeping family secrets, keeping the secrets of what was happening to me. And I think about all the bad stuff I did in the world. And the worst thing is lying because when you lie, you'll do anything to keep your lie safe, especially you'll gaslight, you'll, you'll abuse people, you'll do whatever it takes to keep the secret safe, or at least that was my experience with it. But I've now gone flipped to the other side where I have a sticker on my jacket. And I flipped to the other side now where it's like, I have this deep need for truth. And I think all of us do, I think we're born for truth, but when we don't tell it, it's like a slow poison that like slowly starts to affect us. And, but I got to tell you, now that I've fallen in love with truth, it's, it may make other people uncomfortable, but for me, it's freedom because I don't, I'm never looking over my shoulder. I've never, I don't have any fear because I know that truth has this way of not only healing, it has a way of setting people free. It has a way of giving you what you really want in life. Just be honest and own it. It's okay. And like, that's what I've learned about it. But gosh, the lie part is the worst. I want to ask you too. 
I I can appreciate I can appreciate that you're doing this because I think if that makes me even more excited about you, I want to ask you because culturally, and this is not talked about a lot, but there are some cultures, and I'm not going to name them because I don't want to. I get enough mail sometimes, but I so I don't want to name the countries. But in certain cultures, it's acceptable, or at least the blind eye is turned towards. I mean, it, grooming is a proper is a word that sometimes is used, but when the older man will take the little boy and um, do stuff to them, and that's part of growing them up in these cultures. How come that's not talked about when sexual abuse is brought up? That's exactly what I talk about in the books. Wow. Exactly. It, I wow. spell out what, what grooming is all about. Really? pictures of teenagers, pictures of people that look just like you and even religious looking people. Yeah. They're depicted very clearly to show you, don't be fooled by the costume at all. We have to know what's going on. And we explain to children what grooming looks like and giving, offering gifts, offering candy, offering time, offering to spend special time together what to be wary of this is what uh, the more we can teach children about this the better it's so important yes i just i love that gosh i had a question and just slipped my mind you, so i want to i want to ask you this oh, yeah. i want to tell you because your book the devil inside me this reminds the newest book i wrote is don't read this book <laughs> yeah. what a name yeah that would it's make me want to read it it's written by that voice inside that's trying to get us to do the wrong things. And it's telling children from the earliest age possible. Oh my God. What does, how to recognize it, how to recognize that voice and how to use its tricks to override it. Because this book took me 30 years to write. I wrote it like 30 years ago, but it wasn't finished. I wrote it again. It still wasn't finished. And finally, last year, I came up with the missing piece, which is this. You're going to really appreciate this. That voice inside of us that's telling us to do the wrong thing. Yeah. It's also a messenger from the divine source. It's also, even that is a messenger from the divine source because... It wants you to learn its tricks. It wants you to override it. That was the missing Gosh. piece I didn't have. That's okay. Okay. I'm so excited you've gotten you've gone this direction because you speak, do you speak Hebrew or you just use some Hebrew words? Yes, both. Yes. Oh, you do? Okay. So I've been I don't want to take this conversation sideways at all, but I've really have been trying to get to the original source of the Bible and find the truest form of it possible and learning about the words that have been replaced and, you know, how man created certain things and put it in the Bible and it had nothing to do with God. So I'll stop there because that's a five-hour broadcast. But I've been learning a little bit about some of the Hebrew beliefs about hell and the devil. And it's not what society has made it is this true or not that's right okay all right 
So I just wanted to make sure that we're on the same wavelength. I'm not going to expand on that because this seriously will take the conversation like way out there. And I'm all for that, but I want to focus on your books and the work that you're doing because I think it's remarkable. I, I listen, I pray that you are talking to TV producers about making video content for the youth. I think what you're doing, I, I may, I'm not going to get emotional. I think what you're doing is a gift from God. And I'm going to tell you right now from the place of what you're doing matters so much. And I'm sure you know it. I, I, like, I'm a Harvard grad. I know you know what's up. But what you're doing matters. And it needs to be distributed through every possible medium that media allows. Print, audiobooks. I don't care if it's cartoons or TV shows or movies. Like what you have is important. Are you talking to TV producers about creating anything like that? Most TV producers aren't interested. It's a different, it's a different, but that's okay. It no, doesn't it's not matter. Okay. That's not okay. That has what, what, to, what, go ahead, go ahead. What I mean is I'm not worried. At the <laughs> right time, all the truth will be revealed. My job is just to make the effort. I can't determine the outcome. So let me tell you one more thing. My The only book I wrote for adults is Searching for God in the Garbage. This is my memoir, my story of overcoming addictions. It. Yeah, this is it. You can relate to Searching for God in the Garbage. That's I it. Just like you can. That's it. So I, it's about overcoming addictions by finally nourishing my hungry soul. So isn't that it, what it, it is it, though? You find something that you love more, that your soul loves more than the good time that drugs and sex and alcohol and all that other stuff can give you, right? That's it. That's it. And it's the pleasure that lasts. This Amen. is what brings us lasting pleasure. That's what we, that's what we all want in life the most lasting pleasure. And we finally found what brings lasting pleasure. So that's why we're spending our time now shining it out into the world because that's what lets our own souls shine. You doing the, your shows, everything you're doing, this is nourishing our souls by helping other souls to shine. God, I love you. You are welcome back anytime. I want you to promote promote how people can follow you, how people can find your books. And, and then any last words that you want to share, the floor is yours. Take all the time. You're I'm just going to say something so simple. Enjoy the little things in life. Because one day you're going to look back and realize those are the big things. It's everything. It's an orange. It's, it's a pen. It's every person that's done something wonderful to you. This is what brings lasting pleasure. Maybe another time I'll come back, I'll talk about the pleasure ladder, which is based on ancient mystical wisdom from Kabbalistic sources. So this oh, is what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. And you know what? I actually want you to come back to talk about that because this is going to prove and again, without giving too much in it, because this will take us a whole other direction. But you're basically going to share how all the world's religions are basically the same thing with this one lesson. Is that correct? Yes, this is totally universal. It's what nourishes every single soul.
Yes. And it's and it's also what the Bible is really about and all the other religious texts. It's that yes. simple. And that we're going to leave as a teaser because I want you to come back to discuss this because this is the truth that everyone needs. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. You are an absolute delight. Oh, but please give everyone your website and where to follow you. My children created it. It's wgetsbookshop.com. Gets is spelled funny, G-O-E-T-Z, getsbookshop.com. So you can come there, you can visit, you could even see the pleasure ladder there and all my books. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.